scary girl. Uh, all right, everyone. Welcome to episode two, take two. Yeah, it is. I didn't know if you were going to talk about that or not. I have to address it. Otherwise, I feel like it's going to be... I feel we would be faking everything. Sure. I mean, we can still fake it, wink, wink. But so, like, sure. Do you... Would you like to talk about it? I want to start off by saying, I'm sorry. It's so, so not a big deal. It's so not a big deal. Um, no, so we are re-recording our second episode. Um, mind you, this is after we've recorded five episodes. Weeks and weeks later, <laughs> so guys. Weeks. Um, but there was, uh, some technical difficulties, and, um, now we're redoing episode two, and we want to touch on some stuff that we had recorded before that had previously been, you know, improvised candor, but at the same time, like... We, we're going to bring it back around. I mean, this is still improvised. And you would never know if we didn't tell you. I'm going to edit it all but out. But Sarah, you know, wanted to, you know, give full I just want to be up front so with you guys. That's sweet. No secrets between <clears throat> us. Maybe some secrets. It's also funny because later we have a different recording style, but Sarah was like, well, Shh. <laughs> Sarah's like, we're going to record it like we did before. So I just, I think that's adorable. Uh, as people might well remember, we do record on the floor of my bedroom in the house that we share together. Yes. <laughs> with, uh, right at the foot of the bed with our lovely other halves meowing and pacing outside, outside the door. Right, right. There's uh, Sarah has a dog. I have a cat. Oh, by the way, I'm Stephanie. Oh, and I'm Sarah. <laughs> oh, is... we're totally off of our <laughs> groove because I... <laughs> this is Dead Time Stories. Dead Time Stories. <laughs> Um, and we now have an email address, and we, which is deadtimestories, with a Z, all one word, at gmail.com. So, welcome to episode two. Yay! Welcome <laughs> to episode two of Dead Time Stories. Yes, we have our social media account set up. You can follow us. We are live on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Facebook. I'll probably end up making us a Tumblr as, like, our home base. That sounds That cool. hasn't happened yet, but... Look out for it. it. But it'll all be under the name Dead, Dead Time, Time Stories. Stories. So <laughs> look that up. Branding. And on that note, please send us your ghost stories. Yes, ghost stories. Ghost anything that you have other than dick pics. Right. So not dick pics. But. But with the exception of if your dick is dressed up as a ghost. Ghost dick pic. That's um, what we want. And I'm imagining, I mean, like, you know, like a Kleenex, it. the way someone would, like, do a ghost, like, sheet with, yes. like, the little eyeballs. I imagine, like, a Kleenex over a dick. That's what with, I'm imagining, too. But, like, ooh. That's what I really... Googly, but, like, googly eyes would ooh, be ideal. But, like, just really little, good. two little eyeballs on there. I mean, get creative with your ghost dicks. Maybe we'll, you know, bring you onto the podcast if you have the best one. Now, to be clear, this, this is, is the only okay method with sending us an unsolicited dick Yes, dick. please don't send us your unghosted dick. Unless your dick is dressed up as a ghost. I don't want to see it. Nope, I don't. I don't want to see it. Otherwise, I, I've if seen it's, a bunch of dicks. I haven't I seen any of them dressed up as a ghost before. Me either. So. Bring it on, bring gentlemen. It on. Yeah. We're and, two ladies. And lady identifying people with a penis. That's true. If you have that appendage and you want to dress it up like a ghost, I'm not telling you what your gender is, but if you have a penis that you want to dress up as a ghost, we'll take a look at it. We would love to take a look at it. And on that note, I had this idea when I was (laughs) thinking about ghost dicks earlier today, Mm -hmm. as you do, uh, and talking with uh, someone about ghost dicks. I had the thought of, 
what if uh, we had a ghost dick on the show? A ghost dick on the show. Like How? Uh, a character. <laughs> 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 but we have a ghost dick on the show. I was thinking Sawyer would be really good. His voice as a ghost, as a ghost dick. dick. Well, I'm also trying to think of... I'm like, but that's if we want to go, like, a silly fiction route with some episodes. But I also imagine the ghost dick is more like a ghost, like, private investigator. Which I think is Ghost (laughs) P.I.-ness. I'm trying to make it penis. It didn't work. Dick, because also dick is, that's another thing that they call P.I.s. I'm trying to remember what it says. We're detective in charge. Oh. Um. But that's another, yeah. Good so dick. that's another. But yeah, I dick. just had the thought of how funny would it be to be like, uh, we're here today with a really special guest. This is Randy, the, the ghost, ghost dick. dick, right? And Randy's like, hi guys, hi guys, I'm Randy. Thanks for letting me on your show. Oh, sorry, just a cloth covered my mouth a little bit. That'd be good old seesaw. <laughs> Sawyer doesn't know this yet, but, but we're creating this character for him. <laughs> so tune in, guys. We don't know when he might appear, like many ghost dicks. They like to just show up out of nowhere right? and ask, and what they, are you doing? And then they write eggplant emoji. <laughs> eggplant peach. And then they just ghost you. Then they're just gone. You're like, what happened, oh, what happened to that dick? And that dick is like, ghosted. <laughs> yes. Agreed. Ooh, you up? Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) I I hate him already. (laughs) I hate him. Uh, Making notes, uh, Sawyer will be seen in the future. (laughs) But again, we won't know when he's going to pop up. Also, like, you You know, a rogue direction. You never do know when they're going to write. There you go. (laughs) Exactly. Also, rogue erection. Girl, that erection went rogue. I don't even know. He was... was he had a plan, but he deviated from it because he was like, "We're all going rogue." This dick was like, "Rogue," <laughs> and then used the healing powers of touching people and taking their power. That's rogue from the X Men. I was trying to tie that in too, but it's never mind. It's it's too far. It was too much. <laughs> <laughs> so we spent about seven minutes talking about ghost dicks. I think we can move Good. on to the next thing. That's fair. Um, yeah. Oh. Oh. Oh, there's something else I'm supposed to do. Um, Action. Stephanie, I also have something that I want to show you that's going to piggyback off of our last episode. Um, So hopefully everyone listened to the last episode. If you didn't, turn this off and go listen in order. I'm not that precious. precious. You see a topic that you're interested in. You might look at episode one and go, I don't know what Grumblethorpe is. But you're be interested to see what happens with Roanoke. I don't know who you are. I don't know how you live your life. I don't judge. But Sarah's like, start from the beginning. I would like it if you started it from the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> so, to piggyback off of that, we talked about Eastern State, and you talked about a few things, and I mentioned that Ghost Hunters did an episode, and it's one of my favorite episodes, and they caught some crazy footage. Um, so I looked it up, and I'm going to show it to you now. Are you ready? Yes. Do you guys like, yes, you do have it ready to go. I do. I'm Girl, I'm ready for it. All right, so take we'll watch it a few times. It's super duper short. It's only four seconds. It's four seconds, um, and it happens really fast, but take a look, and uh, I wanted to catch this live on the recording. Stephanie watching this for the first time. <laughs> Stop laughing. You're giving it away. Hey, hey. <laughs> uh. All right, we're going to watch that. Can we get that one more time? I see it <laughs> coming at you, going back. I know, I know. And where is it? In the, where is Does it? Does it sum up 12? No! 
cell block 12 and if uh we're gonna link the clip of that it's on youtube we're gonna link it to the uh all of our social media and stuff for this episode so please go watch it it's only four seconds but that's from cell block 12 right they caught that apparition and um, i thought it comes all the way up to the camera it doesn't it comes like halfway up the hallway and like and immediately then shoots goes back, back. Right. and you don't see a face you don't see anything like that but that's cell block 12 a screaming that's... lady or a banshee <laughs> <laughs> runs up to you, uh, so they caught that shit. In cell block 12. And I'm here to show you and change your life. Which you just did. You're welcome. What are you talking about this week? <laughs> uh, I'm talking about the Balleroy Mansion, okay. which is another estate here in our neighborhood, but it's closer to Chestnut Hill. Gotcha. Right? So bear with me, everyone, on this. Uh, I refreshed on my notes as much as I could, but here's the spark notes of this. It's really short and really sweet because I'm super excited to get to what you're talking about. You already teased it, but it's about Roanoke and we all want to hear about that. So the Balleroy Mansion at one point in time was dubbed the most haunted house in Philadelphia. At one point in time, do you know when that was? <laughs> it just says at one, some point. Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> no. Okay. No idea. Okay. Uh, I even put it in quotes. So, you know, maybe one person had said it and other people were like, we're going to piggyback we'll off that. that. Yeah. Anyways, it was built in 1911 up in Chestnut Hill. It's a 32-room estate. So it's a really huge estate. Um, and it was rumored to have been built by a carpenter who eventually murdered his wife in the main house. Okay. So that's how it started. Right. Naturally. But again, this is a rumor, so I don't know if it's true. But rumor of course, has it. We're going to hope that it's true. No. I mean, no. <laughs> hold on. <laughs> okay, not that I hope it's true that this guy murdered his wife, sure. but it would make sense for the haunting of the house. The house the, the, this happened there. Sure. Yes. Okay. Mm. I'm not an, that much of an awful. Anyways, uh, purchased in 1926 by a prominent Easby family. That's the family name. Um, and they owned it up until recently, and they had super notable members of their family, including a well-known Civil War general, General George Meade, and the son of the family, George Meade's grandson, George Meade Easby, named the mansion Balleroy when he took control of the property. But he was a child when his family bought it, and he grew up there. Um, but is, it wasn't named Balleroy until he is took it named over. After something? No, he just called it that. Yeah, okay. I don't. I, sure. When I looked into it, I mean, maybe someone if you're listening, and you're from this area, and you know, you know why I got that name. But I honestly couldn't really find a reasoning behind it. I mean, the same thing with Grumblethorpe, right? Yeah, who knows <laughs> like, why they called it Grumblethorpe? But they like, were just like, "That's a cool name for it." And he called it Balleroy because Grumblethorpe was taken. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so the Easbys moved into the house in 1926, and not long after they moved in, they began to notice, like, strange events. The most notable one is that, uh, Mr. George Meade Easby had a brother, and the two of them as children were outside playing in the courtyard, and there's a, like, fountain or whatever in the courtyard, and they're, like, playing around, and they go and they look at their reflections in the courtyard, and George's is fine, and that's him, but Stephen, his brother, was just a reflection of a skeleton. Ah! That's it. That's it. And... Oh, he died. Like, two years later. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. That, that boy died. Oh, I'm sorry. I like Five years later. Five years later. But he died from an unknown childhood disease. Sure. Yeah. Uh, but he's one of the ghosts that's rumored to be seen in the house, is that oh, you'll naturally. see Stephen hanging out. People see him in the windows looking down on them outside. Mm. So there was, like, a, a gardener out working one oh, day and no. looked up and saw the little boy, like, looking down at him. And nope. was like, nope. I, I fuck that. 
Um, another time, a painting of Stephen fell off of the wall, fifteen feet like away from the wall. It's it didn't somebody, fall down. Like it, it like fell out and down, and the string on the back and the hook were like still intact. So it wasn't again. It wasn't like it broke. It was like it, it, was was, like, it got picked up and, and crushed. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Um, he probably wanted a more recent picture of himself put up. He was like, you got the iPhone 10 now with that portrait <laughs> mode, and you still have this shit got fucking third grade Georgie up here. I can't handle Steven. it. Steven. 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 George is the one that stole Lauren. Right. Or was. Is he still now? Oh, no. No, I wouldn't think so. Sorry, go ahead. No, he's not. No. No. Um, <clears throat> so, he lived there his whole life. Stevie Evesy. Evesby. What? <laughs> Stevie Evesby. Say that five times fast. That, that, that. God damn it, Stephanie. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I lost my train of thought. It's just like, you The portrait got thrown. Portrait was thrown. George Mead Evesby lived there all of his life, and he always sort of reported seeing, like, spirits. Like, he reported seeing his mom at one point. Um, he has one story that he told of see, having, like, his mother's spirit lead him to his father's study and finding a drawer in his father's study that had a note that said, the spirits are here, but, like, don't be afraid of them. Sure. It, I mean, I don't know. I don't yeah, know. No, that's nice. cool. It's interesting. It's um, like, yeah, they're ghosts, but, like, they're not trying to harm you. They're just yeah, really fucking... They're fine. We've seen them. They're clumsy. Like, they don't they're, they don't have thumbs. They're ghosts. <laughs> that was it. Like, that give was them it. a break. They couldn't... They try to touch things. Their hand goes right through. Right. They get too much force They're not trying it. to turn the lights on and off. They genuinely cannot get the switch all the way They up. can't. Like, they're, they're trying. Just like, they're just uh, spazzing uh, out on the thing. And they're like, come on, I'm a ghost. Give me a break. <laughs> Um, so the house also was full of artifacts and, like, full of a lot of historical items, which is another reason why they claim that, like, it's haunted because there's spirits attached to these things. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them rumored to have been owned by, like, Napoleon Bonaparte, so a whole bunch of historical shit just all in this house. Yeah. Um, and because we are in Philadelphia, uh, there's Thomas Jefferson is rumored yeah. to be one of the ghosts in the house. <laughs> just. <laughs> For no reason. Just, yep. Yeah, he's rumored to be he's seen there. standing next to the grandfather clock. Yeah. Him, him and Ben Franklin, they just fucking. I mean, I don't know about Ben. He's not rumored. Just Thomas. Just Tommy boy. Just <laughs> Good old Tommy Jeffs. <laughs> Good old Tommy Jeffs. <laughs> We call him, uh, Jeffy for short. <laughs> no, no. no one calls him that. No one calls him that. Trying to make it stick. Didn't work. Um, an elderly woman with a cane dressed in black is also rumored to be seen. Um, <laughs> She's just some lady. We also worry that that might be a vagrant, so. <laughs> <laughs> it's really just a squatter. No, I was just thinking about this. I was trying not to blow anybody's spot up. But this, this lady I used to see all the time working up at the bakery up in Chestnut Hill. And I was like, oh my god, that lady. Is it the one that still frequents this neighborhood? The one... The napkin lady? Like, she just goes in and gets a bunch of napkins. Oh, I don't know about that, but I know that she always asks me for money, and I've seen her so many times. No, I'm like, girl, I don't that lady. have any money for Not you. that lady. No, I know who you're talking about. No, not that lady. Okay. It's a different lady, who I swear is not homeless, but just goes into establishments and takes lots of napkins. <laughs> I don't know what it's about. I don't know. But I'm like, maybe it's that lady. She's really But that's because I've seen her up in that area where this house is. As opposed to the lady you're talking about who probably hangs out in Grubblethorpe. (laughs) So wait, so the lady you're talking about, does she dress in black and carry a cane? She dresses in black. And I'm pretty sure, does she have a cane? She doesn't always have it. I feel like sometimes she does, sometimes she doesn't. But she wears all black and then like a purple turtleneck. Guys, we might have just solved that this ghost mystery if it's a ghost mystery that wasn't a ghost she was just a squatter 
who who always who takes napkins. napkins to always clean up her after herself so no one knows she's there. We so just shared now... a very knowing glance, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> this podcast is no longer called Dead Time Stories. It's called Sarah and Stephanie Private mm-hmm. Investigators. <laughs> we some goddamn dum 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 bow bow. Is that our theme music? It's, uh, no, it's copyrighted. That's some James Bond. Oh, I was like, Aaron, <laughs> get on that. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> They'll meet Eric soon. I love it. Okay. Um, so those are two spirits people say to see there. Obviously, take that with a grain of salt. One of them, we figured out, obviously, 100% sure that She's it's just actually just the napkin lady, yeah, mm-hmm. from Justin Hill. Um, but the most notable thing about this place, and when you Google Balleroy Mansion, the thing that's going to pop up, and what made me originally start doing research on it, is that there's an item in the house known as the death chair. Yeah. Which, of course, you see death chair, and you're like, oh, tell me more. Death chair, the chair that eats. Like, deathbed is a movie, but it's death chair. chair I didn't eats. see that movie. I didn't see it either. It's, um... But Patton Oswalt does a bit about it, but it's a movie. He calls it Deathbed, the Bed That Eats People, but it's just called Deathbed, the Bed That Eats. <laughs> um, but <laughs> What does it eat? It's vegan. But it eats people. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, and it's like some sort of like, there was like a demon on like, I don't remember how the bed got haunted, but now people fuck on the bed and the bed eats them. And it's Deathbed, the Bed That Eats. Alright, cool. So Death Chair, the Chair, the chair that, that Eats. eats? Um, it's ch- over, <laughs> I'm like, it doesn't necessarily- The chair that rests. Eat you. The chair that, meh, you don't want to sit in it. Um, so it's about 200 years old, and rumor has it it was owned by Napoleon. Rumor has it. Yep. <laughs> yeah, we heard it first. <laughs> um, Please go on. <laughs> and the rumor is- Okay. Uh, <laughs> it's a spirit named Amanda- uh, who haunts the chair, mm-hmm. and Amanda will kill anyone who sits in it. So, if anyone sits in the chair, would you say that Amanda binds <laughs> them to death? <laughs> <laughs> oh no! I'm really glad that you can make yourself laugh. <laughs> Please continue. Oh, Amanda knocks. She didn't. No. <laughs> I just watched that last night, actually. That was a stretch. I apologize. Okay, so Amanda um, will apparently kill anyone who sits in it, and there are four deaths that are said to have been caused by the chair of people sitting in it. Um, only three, do, do we know, like, there's a there's a death certificate for that? Um, but one of them that's rumored the most is that this caretaker who worked there suddenly reported, like, seeing Amanda. And, like, seeing her in the house, and then, um... After sitting in the chair? No, he didn't sit in the chair yet. It was like she was leading him to sit in the chair. Um, and she tricked him. And then he ended up seeing her, like, if I remember correctly from the account that I read, he ended up seeing her, like, in his rearview mirror when he's driving home. Like, she started... I know. She started, like, following him home. Um, and then eventually he sat in the chair, and then he died of, like, a heart attack or something a few days later. Yeah. So, uh, Amanda bind his heart <laughs> and, uh, killed him that way. Oh, Amanda Bynes. Where are you? What are you doing? You know, I really used to love her. I still kind of love her. What? We had a complicated relationship. 
So I have a conversation with a friend where we asked um, if you could be any celebrity at like their low point, like, you know, Britney with the shaved head with an umbrella, like when you're at your low point, what celebrity are you? And I am Amanda Bynes in that awful blonde wig in the courtroom. Oh That's God. me. Oh God. No, I'm, um, I'm shoplifting one owner rider. <laughs> like absolutely. Like, that's me. I love it. Yeah, no, that's totally it. I was like, oh, I've got, that's my answer. I went on a writer, like, trying to look nice in court, like, (laughs) getting caught shoplifting. I'm Amanda Bynes with a a wig that she threw on that's all fucked up and halfway on her, like, sideways on her head. (laughs) She didn't run a brush through it. Just, like, not understanding why she's there or how she got into this situation. I think we talked about this before because... Because I'm, I mean, I'm just a little bit older than you, and, like, Amanda Bynes is a little older than you, and me and Amanda Bynes are, like, around the same age, so you talked about how you, like, looked up to Amanda Bynes. I know. (laughs) I really, really, like, really wanted to be, like, a child star, and was very bitter about the fact that I was not, so I, like, really hated Amanda Bynes, but it was, like, jealousy. Like, it was pure jealousy. It was more like, I should be. I should have a show on Nickelodeon. That's how I feel about Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah. Yeah. I hate Jennifer Lawrence. Well, as of now, it's Lena Dunham. Because I'm oh. just like, I should have a show where I play me on HBO. Yeah. Like, that's what it is. We're, we're working on it. But I'm, you know, I'm not trying to, like, pull a woman down. Because I'm no. like, it's not, I'm not, it's not really about her. It's really more about me. She's fine, I'm sure. And me being jealous. You're, I'm sure she's a fine I'm person. Sure um, it has nothing to do with actually, like, me disliking those people. It's more me being, like, jealous. Yeah. <laughs> but I can, I'm a big enough person to be able to admit that about myself, so... We've got this podcast, though. And <laughs> HBO, sign up. And you guys, like, with this being up now, I'm in Hedwig. That's going on. Yeah, well, this is going to get released on Thursday. Awesome. My show opens Friday. Good. Come, Come see, see my it. show tomorrow. My show runs through all of June. Retheater.org. That's theater with an E-R because the R-E was already taken. So, right. which if you're a theater nerd, you would understand. But R E T H E A T. ER.org. We'll link it on our social media yeah. shits. So it was a really long tangent at the end of my story about Valeroy Mansion and yeah. the death chair. Um, I'll be honest, I, I, I liked it. I started searching it because of the death chair and I got into research and I was like, this is you interesting. Like haunted objects. Yeah, I do like haunted objects a lot. I think that's really interesting. Foreshadowing. I know. <laughs> Stay tuned next time. So that's the Valeroy Mansion, you guys. Oh, the other thing about this is that guy who owned it, George Mead, he died. All the artifacts got sold, and now just, like, a couple lives in the house. And they reportedly still have a little bit of activity, but nothing crazy, and the wife has seen Steven, because he doesn't leave. Because, girl, where's he gonna go? And that's where Valeroy Mansion is today. Let's hear about Rona. I keep wanting to call it the Bellamy Mansion, because the Bellamy Mansion is, like, the old haunted mansion in my hometown in Wilmington. Um, Oh, maybe that'll be a story on another week. Maybe will. Um, I'll tell you a quick story where, like... In drama class, I guess it was my senior year for honors drama, like, on Halloween, they do, like, a haunted house tour of downtown Wilmington, and I, like, reenacted a scene in the Bellamy Mansion, and I would do that scene just over and over again throughout the night as people would come in and, like, watch the thing. Which you've done that with with the House of Poe thing. Poe. 
Cool. So I'm going to talk about um, the lost colony of Roanoke. So this is basically just the IMDb page from that season of American Horror Story, right? Absolutely not. Absolutely. Oh. No. (laughs) Absolutely it is. So the Lost Colony of Roanoke. So um, I am from Wilmington, North Carolina, as I may have just mentioned. And so while this isn't, you know, local to Philly, this is local to like where I grew up. And we actually studied the Lost Colony a little bit in school. So I learned a little bit about it in school, but definitely learned a lot more about it in researching it for this. And that season of American Horror Story doesn't really talk about Roanoke at all. Like, it takes place in Roanoke, but it's about, like, that couple's experience there and whatever. I'm sorry. I thought it was historically accurate. No. So, I wrote a paper about it. Well, you failed. I'm just so kidding. I didn't watch the whole thing. So here we go. I knew that there was the colony of, like, 115 some odd people that disappeared. But they were not the first group of people to disappear from the Roanoke colony, and that was not the first attempt to colonize uh, Roanoke Island. Yes, dear. Oh, you guys can't see it, but I raised my hand to ask her a she question. She did, she did. <laughs> um, my question is, if this wasn't the first time, why did they go back? That's so, it's funny you should ask, <laughs> we'll talk <laughs> a little bit about that. Um, Third so time's a charm. It was, uh, it was Ested, um, so established. <laughs> that was a whole thing, oh my god. Just a quick, quick another. This episode is full of tangents. So there was there was like this Heinz ketchup ad that used to run all the time about the word "ested," and they talked about they were "ested" in eighteen fifty seven, and they're like, "What does "ested" really mean?" And my family thought that was like really hilarious. So we used to be like, "I was ested in nineteen eighty seven, whatever." I guess you had to be there. Yeah. So (laughs) it was "ested" in fifteen eighty five on Roanoke Island, which is now Dare County, North Carolina. It was a late to 16th century attempt by Queen Elizabeth I, and it was founded by Sir Walter Raleigh to establish a permanent English settlement in North America. So 115, 116 people disappeared during the Anglo-Spanish War. Uh, It was three years after the last shipment of supplies came from England. This is the first group? Yes, I think that I'm about to talk about. Originally financed by Sir Humphrey Gilbert, who drowned in 1583, which was two years before it was ested. Oh, charter okay. charge to his half brother, Sir Walter Raleigh, and Raleigh is his half half brother, Sir Walter Raleigh, a uh, young squire for Raleigh. Uh, Raleigh is actually the capital of North Carolina as well, um, if you don't know, but it's named after Sir Walter Raleigh. In April 1584, Raleigh dispatched Philip Amadas and Arthur Barlow to explore the eastern coast of North Carolina. They arrived in July and established relations with the native tribes, which are the Secatoans and the Croatoans. I know that word. Right, I was going to say, which you might be familiar with the word Croatoan, again, from American Horror Story. Y'all ready to catch some ghosts? Y'all ready to catch some ghosts? So Barlow returned to England with the Croatoans, uh, Manteo and Wancheze who were able to describe politics and geography of the area to Walter Raleigh, and they organized a second expedition to be led by Sir Richard Grenville. Um, But there was trouble with the natives. What? When the Europeans accused them of stealing a silver cup. They accused this village, which was uh, Aguascogac. I don't know if I'm saying it right, and probably not. And specifically the settler, Ralph Lane, who was a real piece of fucking work. He was a real ass. Um, and did a lot of, like, shit, started a lot of shit with the native people there. 
Um, they sacked and burned the village down, the native village, because they were like... That sounds like a reason. Y'all took response. our cup! Right, exactly. Let's burn your village to the ground. So, despite the bad juju and the no food, uh, Granville left 107 settlers behind to establish a colony on the northern end of Roanoke Island uh, on August 17th, 1585, and promised he'd be back with supplies by April 1586. He's so, not coming back. So that was in eight months. He's like, I'll be back in eight months, you guys. I'll be coming back here. Um, Grainville captured a Spanish ship a few days later, and he took it to England to get a reward. In April 1586 uh, passes. Grainville did not come back. Told you. In June, bad blood stirs up between the natives. See, burned down village. <laughs> who attacked the fort. And... Uh, they didn't take over and they destroyed it. Um, a few days later, Sir Francis Drake is on his way home from a successful raid in the Caribbean. He offered to take the colonists back to England. Several accepted. They brought tobacco, corn, and potatoes with them. Um, now, several days after that, Granville shows up with supplies to find almost no one there. Um, he leaves 15 guys behind to maintain the English presence and protect Raleigh's claim to the island. Okay. That's the first time around. So the first time around, your group got on there, then the head guy was like, I'm going to start some shit with the natives, and then I'm going to say deuces, I'm going to go back, I'll be back soon, doubles his time that he's gone, by the time he gets back, somebody the else had come. Them. Well, somebody else had come back and been like, hey, you guys are, we're on our way back to England, you want to come with us? And a bunch of them were like, fuck yes. And so a bunch of them left with them, and some of them stayed. And those people disappeared, the ones that stayed. The ones that stayed, they don't know but, what happened. But they assume they were killed by the natives, right? Right. Because they ransacked their town. Great. Right. So, that's what happened to that group. We know what happened there. Right. Now we got 15 dudes. So then I have, okay, to the good stuff. Right. right so now go. there's 15 dudes that they've left behind to maintain English presence on the island. Got that's it. in quote fingers. Um, 1587, Raleigh and Manteo uh, dispatched a group of 115 colonists to establish a colony on Chesapeake Bay. So that's up in, what, Massachusetts? Um, led by John White. They were to stop at Roanoke and pick people up that were left by Granville the previous year when they arrived, uh, July 1587, and they found only one skeleton. So of the 15 dudes that were left there before. There was just one there was body? Just a skeleton, right. Was it... We don't know where it was. I just know it was on the island. We don't know whose it was. We don't know... And we don't know what happened to the to other any, 14. To the other 14 people. Right. Just a skeleton. Um, Party. <laughs> I, cool. lo I love my notes. Rather than move the fuck on, and move the fuck on is right? underlined, rather than move the fuck on to Chesapeake, the decision was made to reestablish the colony on Roanoke. Because it worked so well the first two right? times. Right? So instead of, they, have, they were coming to pick these people up anyway, instead of being like, cool, let's dip, they're like, there's nobody here, let's actually leave some people. <laughs> God. So, um, the area was going through a drought. It's the worst drought in, like, 300 years. <laughs> Another good reason to leave people. <laughs> and they left Menteo, uh... As, like, chief of the natives. Um, but he is of the Cro the Croatoan tribe. He is not of the Roanoke tribe or the Sagatoans, which are the other tribe there. He's only of the Croatoans. But the white guys were like, you're in charge of all the natives. Cool. Right. <laughs> because that's how that works. That's how they work. And uh, white reestablished relations with the Croatoans and other local tribes, except for those that Ralph Lane had previously beefed with. Right? Because he caused a lot of shit, like mm -hmm. I had said before. Mm -hmm. 
Um, even so, shortly after George Howe was killed by a native, George Howe um, was was one of the English people, was killed by a native while crab fishing in the Albemarle Sound, um, which I believe is in Virginia. That's uh, between Virginia and North Carolina, right? Because okay. that's where Roanoke is up in that, like, uh... <laughs> you can't see the hand motion. I was like, I'm you're doing. just making like a this half circle the hand Outer Banks. There, there we go. go. That's what I was trying to think because it's one of the Outer Banks islands. Anyway, so the settlers begged White, who was the governor now. Um, oh, poor White. He went through so much shit. <laughs> so they, he's the governor, and they begged him to um, to go back to England to send help and supplies. Um, because they really, like, they had nothing. Because, like I said, worst drought in 300 years. Damn. Um, which we know that now from, well, of like, the they science didn't. we've done yeah. now. They just knew they were having a drought. Yeah. Um, but we know now that the drought they were going through at that time was absolutely it. awful. Right. Okay. It was the worst. So he had to make a really hard choice to leave his family behind, including his, what is his daughter's name? Because I know his granddaughter's name because his granddaughter is famous, but his daughter, you know, had her. <laughs> She's not as important, though, obviously. I believe her name was Eleanor. Eleanor Dare was his daughter. But his granddaughter is Virginia Dare, who um, I remember bringing this up before that Virginia Dare, I was always, you know, in school, they always told us that Virginia Dare was the first baby born in America. But as I'm older, I'm like, oh, right, she was the first white baby born yeah. in America. Yeah. Right. She's the first European baby. baby yeah. Right. So he decided um, that he was going to leave uh, these people behind so that he could go to England and get stuff. Yes. Eleanor White Dare was her name. Good there for me. Is. So he was going to get food and tools and stuff and get them sent back to America. He was going to so, do what uh, What's-His-Face was going to do, but he's actually going to come back. Right. White. He's going to come back. Whenever. Like, like Grainville, right. Like, Grainville like the other guy. Yeah. But he's got like family. Like he's determined to come yeah. back. He's legit. He's a good dude. But he goes through some shit. As all good dudes do. <laughs> exactly. So August 25th, um, a month later, he gets all his shit ready to go and he leaves and he's like, I will be back before the winter is out. Like I'll be back with all this stuff. And while leaving at that time of year was really risky, relief uh, relief fleet plans were initially delayed by the captain's refusal to return in the winter. So after they got to England, like, they got their stuff, and um, White could not convince the guy to go back in the wintertime. So even though he had been like, I promise we're going to come back with the supplies, like, no the guy was like, I'm not fucking going over there, are you crazy? It's winter. So that was his initial setback, was the guy was like, I'm not going because it's wintertime. Then there was an attack on England by the Spanish Armada because then the subsequent Anglo-Spanish War. So all English ships were recruited to fight in the war. So then he couldn't come back because all of the ships were being used to fight the Spanish. Damn. Right. So that was his That's second so setback. Rough. Okay. All right. right. White was now left with uh, without the means to return. So in in 1588, White acquired two small ships to return to Roanoke, but the captains kept trying to capture Spanish ships for profit and loot. Uh, they themselves were then captured and their cargo seized and they had to return to England no, with nothing. No, no. Yeah. Um, Are you serious? Yes. The captains kept like being like, well, Everything. let's just. Everything. Right. They're like, oh, Spanish ship. Let's take it until finally, right. That happened to them and all their shit got taken. Uh, and so then they got sent back to England with nothing. Uh, so because of the continuing war with Spain, it took John White three years <gasps> to get back to Roanoke with what? the help of Sir Walter Raleigh. They agreed to stop by Roanoke on the way back from raiding the Spanish in the Caribbean. Um, they landed on Roanoke August 18, 1590, which would have been Virginia Dare's third birthday, to find the settlement deserted. 
There was no trace of the 115 people, no signs of struggle or battle. Croatoan was carved into a fence post uh, around the village, and Cro, C-R-O, carved into a tree. All the houses and fortifications had been dismantled, implying that they hadn't left in a hurry. Before leaving, White told colonists um, to carve a Maltese cross, which is a certain kind of cross. It looks like that, which I'll put a picture of it in mm-hmm. our in our thing. Um, a Maltese cross on a tree if something bad happened. So he's like, if anything goes down, like, carve that into a tree and I'll know that something, like, fucked up happened. But there wasn't a cross. Huh. Nobody drew a Maltese cross anywhere. White took this to mean that they had moved to Croatoan Island, which is now ha- called Hatteras Island. But he was unable to conduct a search at that time. So they weren't able to go check out Hatteras Island. Um, he was unable to conduct a search because a massive storm was forming and his men refused to go any further. They left the next day. So they wouldn't even let him check out the next day. Yeah. They're like, no, we're on our way somewhere else. We already told you we were checking this out as like a favor. And there were no bodies, like a hundred people just gone. Right, just gone. So they were twice thwarted by storms because the boat was privately owned. He couldn't try again. So like, because it wasn't his ship, like yeah. he didn't, they were like, we're done helping you, buddy. Yeah. He returned to England. Uh, then he moved to Ireland. He died in 1593, never knowing what happened to his family. What? Yes. No bodies or signs of a mass grave have ever been found, even to this day. So I've searched into five theories as to what happened to the people. Okay. I know what happened. Aliens. Aliens. <laughs> well. Duh. It's the only explanation. First of all, don't get ahead of me. <laughs> don't get a Hedwig of you. Oh, girl. <laughs> Hedwig and the Angry Inch. Um, yeah, we know what we're doing. first. <laughs> <laughs> um, Stephanie's famous, whatever. <laughs> so, uh, so theory number one. So there's a lot of stuff, right? So Ralph Lane right. was shitty at diplomacy with the natives, which you know about, and killed a local tribe. Um a uh, local tribe leader in Virginia. Manteo could not control the Roanoke tribe. He returned to Croatoan Island with his people. Um, he may have come back for some settlers. Uh, Powhatan, who is um, Pocahontas's dad. Yeah, I was that's, like, that's familiar. I was going to say, oh, that's part of... Oh, no, that is still part of Theory 1, or is that Theory 2? Um, <laughs> sorry. So, yeah, this is still part of, of Theory 1. Okay. So Powhatan told John Smith um, in 1609, so this is a couple years later, that he killed the Roanoke settlers, but there was no evidence to confirm that, especially because there were so many of them. So it's thought that he is talking about the first group of settlers, those like 15 dudes. Oh, um, It's thought that he maybe dudes. killed those dudes, but there's no way that he could have killed the 115 people. Um, he just didn't have the manpower for it. He just, there would have been evidence of a yeah. struggle or a fight, but that didn't happen. Like there was no grave. There was no 115 bodies to be spoken of. Like yeah. they were like, there's no way. Um, so theory one is that they were just killed by the natives, but like where are their bodies? Theory two is the one to me that makes the most sense. Theory two is that they joined the native populations and they assimilated. In 1888, 54 Croatoan natives petitioned uh, Congress themselves as remnants of White's lost colony. Mm. So they were a group of Native Americans, but they said that they were, like, ancestors, or they were descendants, not ancestors, the opposite, that they were descendants of the people from the colony at Roanoke. Okay. So they're like, yeah, definitely, we're part white. <laughs> That's kind of thing. The government responded that it's probable that most of them had been killed, but it was not unlike Natives to spare women and children and assimilate them. 
Um, in 2015, archaeologists found objects of European origin on Hatteras Island, uh, where the Croatoans resided. Um, bowls, rapier handles, aglets, writing tablets. However, most finds on the island were among other objects that date to the 17th century, which was roughly 100 years later. Okay, so they found, like, one or two things that could potentially be from this group to say that they did go there, but most but everything else is from... Was within. newer, right, than mm-hmm. that time period. So the aliens picked them up from there and then <laughs> So then there's theory number three. Okay. Theory number three is that the settlers moved inland, so they moved in, like, off of the islands and into the actual, like, mainland of North Carolina. John White was an excellent artist and one of the settlers of the original Roanoke colony between 1585 and 1593. He created an incredibly detailed watercolor map of the coastline. The Roanoke and Croatoan areas were in red, so the areas that were controlled by the natives were colored in red. It was an incredibly accurate map, even to this day. Um, Compared to today's satellite imagery, the only differences are natural changes in the coastline from, um, like, What's the word I'm looking for? Erosion. Erosion, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> so those are the only changes in the coastline from that map that this wow. guy drew. The map later revealed to maybe hide some national treasure type secrets and clues. What? So in 2012, now this was all news to me because obviously I was a kid way before all this, so I thought this was all really cool. So in 2012, um, first the First Colony Foundation requested that the British Museum re-examine two small patches on the map. So using patches to cover mistakes or damage was very common at the time on a map because maps are incredibly difficult to recreate. It would be impossible to start it over. Like old school whiteout. Right. So what they would do instead is they would put a little patch over that part of the map and then just redraw over that. So those patches had been there and people had assumed all this time that those patches were just covering mistakes on the map, okay? One patch was covering something that was outlined in blue and filled in with red. Okay. Which could be, well, this is what the theory is. While the detailed interpretation of this symbol is beyond the scope of this study, this is all in a quote, and is best left to the experts in the field, it seems certain to represent a fort or a fortification. So it maybe was like a native fort or something that the people had joined, Um, this was discovered by illuminating it from behind. So there was actually something drawn there and then covered up. Okay, so that's how they found that spot. Possible light markings on top of the patch as well. Posit the markings, um, have faded over time. One other possible, if rather romantic, explanation is that these could reflect the use of invisible ink, like a national treasure, um, with milk or lemon juice. That's how they made invisible ink at the time. So maybe he drew it and then was like, actually, I should keep this spot a secret and put the patch on it and then drew over it with invisible ink. Huh. So here's the theory behind that. So maybe White found them and kept it a secret from the English court, which may have contained spies from the Spanish army. Oh, so they don't want them to know that they have people over there. So they might not want the Spanish to know, right, where they have this establishment. Um, They believe this is evidence that the people moved inward. White made an oblique reference to a location 50 miles inland in his account. He didn't say anything of what they did there. He just mentioned that there was a spot that they checked out there. Excavations of this site of this site have found evidence of European settlers, stoneware discontinued after Jamestown, um, and agates. Best indication that the settlers moved to this location, though they can't be tied undoubtedly to any time frame. Even with those explanations, there are unanswered questions that remain. 
um, like why did they leave Roanoke Island and what happened to them afterward. No documented evidence uh, anywhere of any of the 115 people after August 25th, 1587. So there's nothing that directly proves that they were there. But that's another thing. Like, maybe that's what happened to them. Yeah, maybe they decided to go inward instead of... Huh. Theory number four is aliens. I was like, where's the right theory? So, mass abduction. Because there were no bodies. Duh. Um, the Patch Star um, could, rather than be, like, a hidden fort, could actually be, like, where the Landing aliens landed. Star. Right, exactly. Um, and they flew in on a star. Oh, <gasps> from Of course it's a star. And Kansas, she said, was the name of the star. Who's she? That's what she said. (laughs) So theory number five, um, which you would also be fond of, is zombies. Oh, close. Um, Zombies. So an undead plague that was isolated because it was just on the island. This was backed up by Lawrence Stagger, who is actually a Harvard archaeologist. Wait, what? Who claims to have discovered evidence of mass cannibalism on Roanoke. So this would be explained why there's no bodies, because they all eat each other. But what about the bones? Um, probably still use the bones. The area, and his evidence was also that the area was experiencing the most extreme drought. Oh, it says in 800 years. I thought it was 300 years. Yeah. So there was no water and no food, and maybe they all ate each other. So... Okay, so we're talking zombies more of just, like, cannibalism and not, like, an actual infection of the undead. But also, like, also that, but, like, it didn't spread anywhere because they they were were on an island. So until they all ate each other and or died. Cool. And then their bodies got taken away by hurricanes. I don't know. Oh, okay. I don't know about that because that was always my theory as a kid was I was, like, maybe hurricanes because hurricanes get really bad right there. And they took them But people are like, no, that didn't happen, so I don't know. Huh. This is lovely music. I wonder I if know. it's going to be on the, the I'm, That's why I'm like, let's just keep talking louder and then any dead space I'll just, like, cut. Um, I know, yeah. it's our own fault for recording in the middle of the day on it's a day It's totally off. okay. I'm totally fine with this. No, it's fine. It's back to our roots. Keep listening. It gets better. Um, so yeah, so that's everything that I have to say about Roanoke. Let's go catch some ghosts. Y'all ready to catch some ghosts? Y'all ready to catch some ghosts? So originally when we filmed this, filmed this, originally we recorded this, we were going to call this episode dedicated to Leslie Jordan. (laughs) Y'all ready to catch some ghosts? But that's just because we as roommates all sat down and watched American Horror Story Roanoke in one sitting in one evening Yeah, in October. That was a night. And that was one of the best parts, though, is Leslie Jordan, like, in that last episode, they take him ghost hunting. (laughs) Y'all ready to catch some ghosts? I love Leslie Jordan. I wish we could get that sound clip and put that in our intro. We can. It'll definitely probably make that happen. Eric? Eric, can you? Eric, do you hear (laughs) us? Can you make this happen? (laughs) Eric, make a note. Love it. Yay. All right. How do you feel? I feel good. Good. Now I have to edit it. Yes. Yes. But I think, no, I, I feel good. It's done. We're just moving forward from here. We are. Um, if you guys want to share any of your stories with us, or if there are any stories that you want us to research um, that you think we should share, uh, anything like that, any personal anecdotes, we'd love to have people on to talk about their personal experiences yes, with ghosts. Yes, we would love to have um, guests on, things like that. So please, 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 please reach out to us at deadtimestories, with a Z, all one word, at gmail.com. Uh, we are also, again, on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook, Deadtime Stories. 
So come find us. Tell us your stories. Do you see what I did there? I do. I did it too. Yay. Yay. All right. Well, I'm Sarah. And I'm Stephanie. And this was Dead Time Stories. Thanks for listening. Tune in next time. Next week. Download all three at once. We released yeah, all three at once. Yeah, we're posting the first three at the same time. Yeah. So listen to episode three, which is already done. And then we'll be releasing on a weekly basis. So stay tuned. Dead Time Stories is hosted by Sarah Heddens and Stephanie C. Ferguson. Music and editing by Eric Gershnow. Artwork by Rennie Slackman.